Hello, and welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street podcast. I'm Bruce, and joining me, as always, is Nolan. Nolan, say hi. What's up, Bruce? How is quarantine still treating you? It's okay. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's going. Um, I have definitely noticed some people think that it's just perfectly fine to do whatever you want just because we start to reopen slightly and think that everything Mm -hmm. is back to normal. Um, If you're one of those people, just I'll give you some advice. It's not back to normal. Um, So maybe just at least, you know, maybe for the sake of others, just wear a mask to the grocery store or something like just, you know, have a little bit of common decency. Um, How about you? Agreed. (laughs) Ugh, yeah, that drives me nuts. It's it's not that hard to just stay at home and be safe. It's not good. It's not good. We'll see how everything holds up over the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, and anything else going on with you? Uh, no, not really. Um, I'm currently drinking a Purple Haze from Abita Brewing Company in Abita Springs, Louisiana. Oh. And I just wanted to tell you a little bit about this because it is a fruit beer and I am not normally one to drink a fruit beer very low abv at about four percent but uh this one is pretty damn good with some raspberry taste um it's got like the sparkle i guess of a lager like very light and crisp um and it just kind of i remember uh drinking a beta beer in new orleans for the first time about five or so years ago and this just kind of brings me back to new orleans so i'm cheersing this evening with that well, that sounds excellent. I will cheers you with the Touche IPA Ooh. from Double Barley Brewing. I've made a few uh, beer pickups, variety packs, if you will, and uh, there have been a few snafus with them, duplicates <laughs> of and and things of that nature. Um, this one, it's solid. Uh, it was a North Carolina variety pack, but uh, a good American IPA. Oh, yes. I love that. Well, cheers, my man. And um, cheers to all of you out there. Cheers. That are uh, having a having a nice drink with us, whether it's this evening, hopefully not while driving, because, well, that's illegal. Um, or coffee. <laughs> yeah, cheers with the cheers with the coffee as well. Um, Nolan, do we do we have any news to really talk about this week? I don't know. It's just kind of like it's been kind of boring lately, hasn't it? Bruce, we have a bevy of information and news to talk about this week, and some of it is happening next year, and some of it happened this past weekend, and there were some fireworks on the social medias, but let's get into the summer of 2021 and DMB's mega tour, Bruce. Absolutely. So, because of, obviously... COVID-19 and all the unfortunate circumstances that are surrounding that, the Dave Matthews Band have decided to postpone their summer tour until 2021. I'm sure everyone already knows this, but this is going to be a special tour because this is going to be the 30th anniversary for the band, a mega tour, as Nolan said, 49 shows. Nolan, they took this tour, basically threw it into 2021, moved around a couple things, added a few dates, and we have a humongous 49 show tour next summer to look forward to 
Yes, we do. And I know some people in New Jersey, Texas, Florida are very happy with those additions. Um, DMB really stepping up and, uh, and adding some key venues that fans were bummed about for 2020. And they moved a couple of dates around too, which, um, kind of benefit us hopefully yeah. uh, in North Carolina with Charlotte getting moved to early June, I believe the third show of the tour pretty cool and uh, on a Friday night. So that is very oh. helpful. Yeah. Cause it was going to be a Tuesday, I think, which is very bizarre. Uh, but yeah, I mean, looks pretty good. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to hit up to North Carolina shows and I'm um, just, Still fingers crossed for the gorge. We have the tickets. Uh, I'm not not going to get a refund on those. I'm just gonna just gonna roll with it and and we'll see. There you go. Um, that's a great great segue actually because um, just so everybody knows, you know the tickets that you have currently for 2021. If they have a date and they have a venue for um, excuse me for the 2020 tour, if you have tickets for that venue and they're playing the same venue next summer. You can keep those tickets if you'd like, or you can get a refund. Um, I think the warehouse also gives an option for like store credit, you know, like the warehouse ticketing credit or something so that, that you have that amount of money that you paid as a credit on your account as well. But um, yeah, that's a that's a fantastic decision on your part. Just keep the tickets. You don't have to worry about Thank any you. of that ticketing nonsense next year. And I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm getting that money back on my credit card. I'm getting a refund and I will deal with the hassle uh, when we come to it. But Nolan, yeah, you talked about some of the venues that we will see that were not on the 2020 tour that people were surprised about that are coming back. I mean, Camden, mm-hmm. uh, that was one mm. of them, you know, shockingly did not have its normal two night stand this year, but it'll be back next year. Yes, it will. And Woodlands and then Dallas. So two in Texas and then Tampa is back in Florida. So you got Tampa and then two nights at West Palm beach, but Bruce, no Alpine. So I don't know. Maybe that'll still be added. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they've got summer fest currently for next year, which is in Milwaukee. And then you've got two shows in Chicago Three nights in a row with Milwaukee, two nights at Northerly Island there. So three nights in mm. a row in that Alpine area. I don't know, man. I think I think Props the door not. is shut on no Alpine 2021. And uh, for you Alpine fans out there, do you think you're still even going to have a venue next year? Do you think that Alpine is going to be able to remain open after all of this? They've nearly closed the last several years. Um, if anybody has any insight on that, hit us up. Um, we'd actually be intrigued to know kind of what's going on there uh, with the venue. And we hope that it, uh, you know, obviously doesn't die off because we haven't been there yet and we need to get there, Nolan. Yeah, we do. And uh, hopefully hopefully this virus doesn't uh, put other venues out mm-hmm. because, I mean, the concert world is still up in the air. I mean, 2021 is, everyone hopes, will be okay. Um, I just got an email today that, my tickets to Alanis Morissette concert oh. here in Raleigh in June is postponed. Uh, I got my wife the tickets for Valentine's Day. Um, big fan, as is the podcast, friend of the band. Yeah, postponed and not offering refunds. So wow. obviously Ticketmaster can't say enough about them. Um, and 
Live Nation will be interesting to see what they do going forward as well. But crazy times indeed. But Bruce, we were able to relive some 2019 uh, summer tour magic last week. Oh, yeah. I mean, just by the way, everybody, just because they're not going to be on tour doesn't mean you're not going to be able to see some live Dave Matthews band streaming in yes. your own home, although I'll be at that. Um, but DMB, the Dave Matthews band Drive-In, has been announced, and we celebrated last week with a nice show from last year. I think it was Deer Creek Night 2 um, from June 29, mm-hmm. 2019. And um, Nolan, I don't know if you got had a chance to watch it. I know that... Um, you had a oh, busy I did. week last. Oh, you did great. Um, oh, I watched. It was it was a lot of fun, man. It was good to kind of be back, uh, sharing yeah. the experience with others at the same time, watching the band. You know, as a collective unit. I know. I I enjoyed it, and it it went by fast. I thought, um, but man, they were uh, that was I think one of their better shows of 2019. They solid set list. I think there was maybe only like one eye roll we texted each other about. Uh, <laughs> from a song selection i mean it it was it was solid good variation yeah it was it was a lot of fun um and yeah that eye roll was actually a late set satellite which was a very odd choice (laughs) but um yeah that was (laughs) the rest of the set i mean it was it was just great and um you know it's awesome to be able to see the guys up there having fun um just killing it you know as they did a lot in 2019 and um you know, speaking of 2019, we get another show actually tomorrow night. So, at, you know, when you're listening to this, um, it could have already happened or you may be watching this here in a couple hours or you may have already watched. I don't know. But um, June 22nd, a week prior to Deer Creek Night 2, we had Hartford Night 2, the 41st show at Hartford, Nolan. Oh, I wonder what opened that show, Bruce. I don't know. I think we'll have to wait until tomorrow night to find out. But uh, I'm <laughs> I'm eagerly awaiting to see what will happen. Um, I think we went over. With, the other cool thing is that we went over, you know, these shows last year on the podcast. So it was kind of a nice way we to did. revisit some of the things. Like, oh yeah, we talked about this moment, or like so and so. I like I, you know, I forgot about that twenty some episodes ago. Yeah, no, we did, and. Uh, trying to think back at some of our uh the stuff that we played and you know we highlight just about everything so much that we were we were texting each other like what did we what did we put in the podcast about this show absolutely so that that was pretty funny yeah so looking forward to another 2019 show and you know hopefully as this uh keeps going the dmv drive-in keeps going we they delve into the archives with some older shows i can't wait to see some shows from the 90s and early 2000s. That would be awesome. I think a lot of people um, were wondering where they're going to go with this. And then, you know, the second that they announce a second 2019 show in a row, everyone's like, oh, it's just going to be 19 shows. Oh, this sucks, man. Ooh, <laughs> DMB blows, dude. Tone deaf. No. <laughs> just be patient, people. This this is a long ride. We don't have DMB this summer, okay? They are giving us an offering of how they're going to satiate us uh, somewhat. Mm. So just be patient. They will older stuff will come, okay? Um, I think you know, like Nolan said, we're looking hopefully to have some you know early 2010s. Then we get the mid 2000s, early 2000s. Maybe dive into the 90s. Hopefully, uh, Nolan. What I mean, maybe even. Let's, let's get crazy. Let's go way back in the archives 
dig something out that they literally only have audio of and just audio stream it. I mean, I'm down for that. Oh, yeah, but I mean, just go ahead and blow our minds with something that we thought there was only audio of and do a full (laughs) video stream. Just do that. Oh, I mean, I want to see some Dave and Tim too. Throw that in there. Throw that in the mix. Maybe a Dave and Tim 2003 show. Mm. Oh man, there, there. Yeah, that's a great. That is one of my favorite Dave and Tim years. I mean, if it, mm. it's one of just my favorite Dave tours. Period. Um, there's a couple yeah. of. I mean, I would imagine that they have some video from the 2017, the most recent Dave and Tim tour as well. So maybe we'll see something from that. Who knows? Um, yeah. I'm very, I'm very eager, eagerly awaiting all of these announcements. But speaking of announcement, Nolan, we had one right before we pressed record here. We did. It was announced that the Hang From Home Music Festival uh, was going to be happening, and DMB would be a part of it. So that's cool. It's a cool uh, list of people as i stall to pull it up because i don't have it right in front of me so one second yes dmb along with the 1975 alabama shakes billy eilish black keys gary clark jr wilco to name a few Trey oh, your guy Trey anastasio <laughs> tab yeah of course um yeah oh, so that could be cool it's uh May 15th through 17th, streaming in your home. So it'll be interesting to see what that entails. Yeah, exactly. It was very vague. Um, I would, I mean, it's this weekend. So I would imagine, you know, they're going to pull something from some year and play it. Um, Who knows? Um, So so you don't think it'll be live? No, I do not think that it'll be the band playing live just yet. I think that mm-hmm. we may see that later, uh, later, yeah. but not quite yet. And um, but you know, either way, pumped to have some more uh, extra DMB to catch. So um, yeah, that'll be interesting, and and several more uh, artists as well. So it'll be a cool weekend, and um, hopefully, I'll be able to check out a couple of the performances. Yeah, me too. It'll be uh, it'll be cool to see them. I'm glad they're just doing stuff like this and and trying to keep people entertained from a distance, a safe distance, and that is what is really important right now. Cannot stress it enough. If you get tired of us saying it on the podcast, I'm sorry I'm not sorry. <laughs> or just or just obey and everything will get yeah. better quicker. Like if you just do what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, just we'll shut wanna, it down. Uh, yeah, and uh, just real quick, I want to send a uh Quick shout out to Buddy Ryan, who actually has the coronavirus right now. He had a big scare this past oh, week, no. um, and got it from actually, I believe, his um, neighbors who were in his building or something that did not alert anyone to that they had it, and did not uh. practice what they should have been practicing, and easily passed it on to him. And he has had major issues. So, um, mm. just want to Sorry send to best wishes to him. And full recovery, hopefully. Um, and that's what can happen when people aren't careful and just think that this is no big deal. Anyways, um, mm. Nolan, carry us into our next segment, which was a very, very interesting thing that popped up the other night. Yeah, I mean, if you skipped ahead to this part of the show, it's the best part of the show. <laughs> because there were... 
I mean, fisticuffs going on Saturday night on Twitter between our guy Stefan the Fonz Lassard and Steve Lillywhite and Bruce. It was unexpected, and the tweets, most of them were deleted, but as we all know, if it's been on the internet, it's always on the internet. And uh, man, Stefan Lassard taking shots at Steve Lillywhite, the producer of the fans' first three albums and the Lillywhite Sessions and Away From The World. And I think, obviously, it cost, caught Mr. Steve Lillywhite off guard, too. Um, he even tweeted as much, but, man, I was scrolling Twitter before bed and just was like, oh, <laughs> wow. And I texted you. I was like, dude, it is going down on Twitter right now. And one of the first things I thought of was, if this was happening in 2001, oh, my God, like people's heads would be exploding it would be the most drama there's ever been uh outside of like accidents within the band but uh especially the band they're all they're always so private and stuff like this never comes out so to see Fonz late night going at it was interesting so bruce let's uh let's dive in yeah i mean i'm i'm eager to talk about this as well i thought you know, I was I had a couple people text me along with you that were like, Are you seeing this? Like, oh oh my god, did you see what Fonz and Lily White are saying? Like, no, what? Like, Jesus. Um, what could it be? And <laughs> I don't think anyone could have prepared themselves for some of this. Um, it was just crazy. Um, you know, Fonz was going back with some fan back and forth with some fans, um, about yeah. some stuff. I think, you know, about the Lily White sessions and about every day. Um, and they were just kind of commenting back and forth and some, uh, Twitter people were, you know, talking about some rumors that they had heard this or that. And Fonz would just straight up tell them like, nope, not what happened. Like, this is what happened. And it led into Fonz's first, like calling out of Lily White, which basically, you know, Stefan mm -hmm. started it saying, I think, uh, basically saying something like Steve dug his own grave on the Lily White sessions. The band was tired of waiting around for him to act right. Like <laughs> act right. <laughs> Nolan, uh, what does that mean? Uh, I have no idea, but if we could speculate a little bit, I'm going to guess it was Steve just grinding them down to produce a great album and they got tired of it but that is yeah. pure speculation um and i mean it only intensified and then someone asked about how the sessions were leaked and rumors surrounding it uh being someone on the band side and fawn says that was definitely not the rumor on the band or management side ours was that someone associated with lily white leaked the sessions uh so, I mean, then again, like kind of calling him out, but then clarified, I don't think it was anyone directly dealing with Steve. He had as much to do with the leak as I did, which was zero, which is interesting because everyone has always, there's been a rumor that Fonz was the guy that leaked it. So Fonz saying that is not the case. Yep. And it was something about Fonz on a ski trip, Bruce. And I mean, this is a little bit before our time. We don't, I can't pretend and act like I knew what was going on with it at the time, but we've heard a few rumors. Yeah. Um, and Fonz isn't the only one in the band that has gone on ski trips. Okay. So just because everyone's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, Fonz the border. And I mean, Fonz, he can straddle on some stuff. I'm pretty sure. Um, and that's awesome. Good for him. But he wasn't the only, he's not the only one that can go on ski trips, everybody. 
So let's not just, you know, people just point the finger at Fonz, but um, let's just say I'm 99% sure that Fonz had literally nothing to do with it. And if he says so, I will believe him as well. But before Fonz spoke up, uh, yeah, that. But they, you know, it seemed like someone chimed in on Twitter and said that the guy that actually leaked it to Napster, which we will go into in a second, he said that he mm-hmm. received it from someone uh, in Boyd's camp. And so then yes. I think Fon said something like, praise be, like, thank you, yes, yeah, see, you know, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they kind of agreed. Right. Like, later on, like, Steve and Fonz, when they were kind of making peace a little bit, seemed to agree that it was someone from Boyd's camp, which, oh, Boyd, man. <laughs> Yeah, um, that guy. That guy can't catch a break. I know. That's. I was kind of sitting there. I'm like, mm, are they just pointing the finger because they don't know truly what happened, or um, and Boyd can't really speak for himself right now. <laughs> and there's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, let's yeah. blame the guy that we fired. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, truly, you know, there's a lot of stories out there, and just from kind of the information I've gathered, from information people have put out there that they know. Apparently, the original copy that was stolen was stolen from a band member who was skiing. Um, that was not likely Stefan. Uh, this copy was sent to someone or given to someone and then was sent to a guy named uh, Craig, who was the lead singer of a Dave Matthews band cover band, Ants Marching. <laughs> and so I don't know if this was like they were like a big deal then, but, you know, like the Dave Matthews cover band and some other bands like that are have been pretty big over the last few years. I mean, they're, you know, pretty popular amongst the fans. So I don't know if this was like a popular thing and he was well known. Um, But so he was sent that. He emails Steve Lillywhite asking for permission to release it. And he writes about this, I believe, online. So someone sees that, creates a fake Lillywhite email account that is basically very close to exactly what Steve's looks like. I think they put like a one instead of the first L for Lily White, just something. And I'm sure Craig saw it. He was like, oh, yeah, Lily White, like, responded. And it gave him permission, so he posted it. So there you go. And once this happened, apparently a few other original, like, other copies were then distributed as well. Um, but the true origins of all of where those came from are also unknown. So the whole Bo- someone in Boyd's camp, let's not point the finger at Boyd. It could have been someone, you know, one of his manager, you know, just whatever, um, that he just gave the disc. Hey, dude, like, check this out. It's what we've been working on. And, you know, mm-hmm. one of those copies could have also <laughs> been linked from somebody. So there were multiple, uh, apparently, copies. But anyways, tying the story together, they were arguing about who leaked the Lily White sessions, and then uh, Fonz continues with uh, talking about how he was pissed about you know the band's music being leaked. Nolan, yeah, he says having six months of your works uh, stolen and released for free will will do that, meaning it'll piss you off, and yeah. we totally understand that. I mean, am I mad that it got leaked and we've all heard the Lily White sessions? No. Uh, <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't know that monkey man exists and that it's awesome and then i don't know but it would be interesting to see that alternate timeline if they're not leaked then what happens who knows but yeah so 
Lily White now chimes in and says, you know the real story that Bruce Floor made you mutiny behind Dave's back. And like, oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we're going. Yeah. Like, let's get this back and forth. Haymakers flying. Fonz responds, telling a story about how Steve brought girls back to the studio and introduced them to the guys by saying, girls, meet Dave and his band. And uh, that introduction did not sit well with Leroy Moore and Carter Beaufort. No, apparently not. Um, And I mean, you know, rightfully so. If you're all sitting there as a band and someone comes in, I mean, and y'all are all single guys like y'all are chilling on top of the world right now currently by the way dmb 2000 i mean forget about it um and you have a couple of young ladies come in and you know the guy just says oh here's uh dave and his band it's like really steve you can't say here's carter here's you know whatever so i'm sure mm-hmm. that they weren't quite pleased with that and yeah like you know the mood apparently immediately changed yeah and you know what i'm gonna I'm going to play devil's advocate here and take Steve's side just for the sake of the story. Uh, they are called the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> so, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it is true. And, I mean, let's be real here. Dave doesn't necessarily like that it's called the Dave Matthews Band. So it's not like Dave, some right. big-headed guy being like, yeah, it is my band, motherfucking, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, I th- yeah, I-, I see that for sure. Although he calls the shots, but yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, Fonz now uh, chirps back, says, Love you, Steve, but it wasn't Bruce Floor. We were worn out. It was time for a change. I remember the meeting with Carter and Roy before Bruce was involved, which would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that meeting. Oh, yeah. uh, Which Fonz basically says he was because he wasn't super involved with decisions and stuff like that. But then Steve fires back and basically calls them all soft. And says some albums are more difficult to finish than others. And I like immediately thought about Michael Jordan in The Last Dance and how he just goes after his teammates and like demands perfection from them. So in this scenario, Steve Lillywhite is MJ and the rest of the band are the Bulls. And uh, instead of, you know, joining together and becoming great and like as great as they could have been uh they just fired him so it'd be like the bulls firing jordan if that analogy (laughs) makes sense uh, the bulls did fire phil jackson like you know this is gonna be your last year um yeah petty stuff but yeah uh i kind of like that analogy that's that's pretty interesting i didn't think of it that way and that's that's hilarious and um oh thanks they did just kind of hey we're done with you man like you're you're too much. Forget this. And, you know, Fonz, he clarified. He said, yeah, Steve, you were the one wearing us out. And, you know, just speaking his mind here. Yeah, and, okay, to make a music analogy, it sounds like a like a Paul McCartney and Beatles or Wings situation where Paul is the perfectionist. Uh, Lily White strikes me as that kind of person. And, you know, through the years you hear things about during those sessions maybe uh they got tired of just him demanding perfection and ultimately they said screw it and dave they uh dave pieced and went to crank out the everyday uh album in 10 days 
which is wild. But anyways, going back to the main arguments, um, you know, Fonz was tweeting that you know, he didn't want to work with Lily White uh, going into the Lily White sessions. He wanted a different producer, and he loves being in the studio. The studio's his jam. Uh, thinks variation of producers for each album is a good thing. I actually tweeted at him then and said, uh, well, if, if you want variation, why did you use Batson multiple times? <laughs> and especially after stand-up, because we all know it's their worst album. Happy 15th birthday, stand-up. Oh, God, yes. Blah. And he said, I'm not the only one making decisions. I'm like, okay, yeah, we know. Yeah. Anyways, going back to Lily White, he says, you know the time and effort. I put into that album while the band was waiting for the music to come. I never even got thanked on the sleeve of busted stuff, but Ballard did. And Bruce, this is 20 years later. I mean, they are not happy still about how this all went down. <laughs> I know. And it's pretty evident with what Fonz uh, says back. Yeah. Say, oh, thank you, Steve, for all the hard work we paid you to do. Ooh, oof. Oof, oof, oof. And I believe that Lily White has said that he actually didn't get paid for those sessions. So um, another mystery there. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, hey, since you weren't paid or since that your hard work wasn't appreciated, then Lily White says, I'm glad they were leaked. And he basically says, <laughs> I think like, I'm glad you leaked them. And that's when Fonz was like, now you see the true nature of our producer lying like whatever. Um, and then saying something like, it was Steve's mouth that got him fired. Um, <laughs> Sheesh. I mean, br- like, brutal. And, and I mean, so childish. These dudes are like late 40s, 50s. I mean, it, what in the world? Like, there's bad blood there. I know. Yeah, I was a little surprised at that. Uh, you know, I know that later on Steve said, when I say you leaked it, I mean the plural you, like you, the band on your side, not me, my side. Um, and, you know, there mm-hmm. were some cleaner things said um, in and around all of this. And I think that um, you said that you had seen a couple of the tweets. They actually both kind of complimented each other at some point. Yeah, when it was it was kind of wrapping up, Steve actually said something about like you know this was this was going to be great, and Dave was in a dark place, but sometimes like out of a dark place comes like real art, yeah, which was very interesting. Um, and then Fon said the real reason it all went wrong, and he's kind of backtracking after he kind of blamed Lily White, but says um, it was about the studio they were using, and. It was in Charlottesville. Um, yeah, Haunted Hollow. So Fon says, yeah, Haunted Hollow. He says, I know you put your heart and soul in 100% on the production side. Always love that when working with you. I also blame the actual studio more than anything. We should have been somewhere professional, not in a dance hall in the woods for six months. Busted stuff sounds great, in my honest opinion. I've never heard that before, like that they were upset with where they were were recording. And then Lily White says he warned them about recording in their hometown. That's a way harder to do. Clearly they didn't heed his advice uh, for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we had all, everyone's heard Steve had an issue with where they were recording, but I had never heard a band member actually 
say anything about that. So that was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of news um, coming to light in this uh, this exchange that hardcore fans were just salivating over, like ourselves. And you know, there were a couple other tidbits um, that Fonz was just kind of letting rip, um, and not negatively towards Steve, but you know, just a few other notable things. Fonz said he and. Bruce Floor were the ones who pushed for Lily White to do Away From the World because they thought it'd be cool to have another Lily White record. Yeah. Um, duh. Duh. Of course. I mean, I don't know why it was up to Fonz to push that idea or why someone else didn't come up with that. Um, <sighs> but anyways, you could still tell that Fonz was uh, kind of defensive about every day. He, uh, he kind of puffed his chest a little bit and was talking about the the commercial success of every day and how in its first week it did twice the number of sales as before these crowded streets. And it's like, okay, dude, but you know, before these crowded streets is a better album. Like, you know it. Yeah. It, it got a little weird. He actually said he loved all the lyrics in every day and thought it was strong, like poetry. I call you up, you pick up. I mean, yeah, it's so poetic. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, literally yeah, just one of the best of all time. All time. And, diehards will also find this hilarious he actually someone there's that clip of charter of (laughs) carter saying we got charts this time (laughs) and just like getting killed on the boards for like how ridiculous that is and fawn says that he actually loved having charts for every day i mean you're gonna support what you have i guess um yeah and Fonz also said that every day helped, you know, that's those sessions helped Dave get out of his funk a little bit. So if that was truly mm-hmm. what it was and that did help, okay, I'll be it for me to decide what happened behind closed doors, um, especially for, you know, yeah. Dave's own personal feelings and whatnot. But yeah, the whole commercial success thing, I mean, come on, man, y- y- y'all were the most popular band almost in the world at the time. So of course, anything mm-hmm. you pooped out was going to be, you know, immediately sell just an absurd amount of records. So, I mean, yeah. while I get it, and, you know, people were just salivating for another one after before these crowded streets, they're like, holy smokes, these guys are getting better and better with each album. Like, what is this going to be? We've got this, like, they're playing some of these new songs, all this other stuff, and then boom, boom, here comes every day, and it's like, whoa. You know, they don't know what those songs sound like until they buy them. It wasn't like today where you can just stream it or you can... You know, stuff just gets out, or you can preview songs. Really, um, you just bought the record mm-hmm. sight unseen, basically. So, yeah, um, you know, every day is is what it is. Um, and for the record, I don't think that every day is poop. I didn't mean that when I said they no. poop something out. Um, there's actually some decent stuff on there. It's not my favorite, and yeah. I, you know, but if it if releasing the Lily White sessions was ultimately going to be a demise for the band or something then okay i'll take every day and still have the band then yeah i mean absolutely you know fonts he sprinkled in a few other tidbits and one thing that's no surprise is he says we have way more unreleased material than we do leaked material which yeah we figured but yeah like where is it then what do you what did what are the plans? We'll like, line your we'll line your wallets with more dollars if you just release them. 
Yeah, you call it DMB sides, and that's a wrap, dude. It's going to be a number one album again. So let's make it happen. He says he wants more busted stuff played. He likes busted stuff more than Lily White sessions, sound wise, and is glad it happened because uh, that is where he met his wife at the at the busted stuff session. Oh, well, there you go. He lo- yeah. So obviously he wouldn't change a thing. And he wouldn't say that on Twitter, otherwise his wife would probably not like that. Says he loves Away From The World and Snow Outside in particular and wants the song back in 2021. Yes, please. One of the strongest songs off of Away From The World. Yeah, please. Golly, I, this lineup would do great with it. I think that Buddy would would sound fantastic doing some piano edition in there. Yeah. And Bruce, I bet Buddy would also probably sound good on Mackhead. Maybe. I don't know. Fawn said it was Maybe. a slow ballad. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, yeah. Um, we know. <laughs> so, <laughs> the other big gem out of all this is he acknowledges Monkey Man and states that it's one of, his, one of his favorite songs and wish they'd done something with it. And yes, we all do. It is literally just perfection. It's the band just firing on all cylinders. It's beautiful, Bruce. Monkey Man, do it. I know. Freaking do it. Um, that would be fantastic. I'd love to know. Uh, rumors are that it changed a lot after the Lily White sessions. Um, the, it kind of was evolving there. So uh, I would absolutely love to hear that come back and just, or just to hear some more takes of it in the studio. Anything. Have it lead off the DMB Sides album. Oh, 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 oh. that would be could you imagine? fantastic. God, could you imagine? Yeah, that was kind of a lot to take in there on Saturday night into the wee hours on Twitter, uh, courtesy of Stefan Lassard. But man, it was uh, it was entertaining, and like I said earlier, for a band that doesn't ever talk about stuff like that, it was just a treasure trove of information and back and forth. So. Bruce, that was it was pretty wild. It really was. And Fonz has been actually very active on Twitter the days after that too. So um, if you have a comment and you have a question for Stefan, he might respond to you. Go ahead and um, as long as it's not you're not being a just an ass about stuff, then don't send it to Stefan. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Um, but if you have mm-hmm. some, if you want some interesting information, Stefan might give it to you. Um, he's still uh, riling some stuff off there. I think he actually just was asked um <laughs> you let me know this nolan when did you move over to stage left and fawn said <laughs> it was a great response by the fawns when i got sick of bt dancing in front of me stepping on my cable my feet smoking like a chimney with his amp on 11 feeding back he stole my mic also Leroy was way more my vibe and i could hear my amp again uh and then crying face emoji and then hashtag SLSC, Stage Left Solidarity Coalition. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> BT. Amazing. Fonz is like, oh, okay, dude. Jesus. All right, I'm going to go over here now. Amazing. And I actually have one thing to add uh, that we we were just talking about Monkey Man, and you heard that it evolved a lot. Someone tweeted at Lily White and said, did Bella overdub on any other versions of the Lily White Sessions tracks? And uh, I imagine that what leaked is far from the only versions of all of the tracks. 
Lily White responds and says, there was only ever one version of that album, except for Busted Stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just such a mysterious time period for the band. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm pulling for Norlander to get that exclusive interview with Lily White. And uh, we put our offer out there on Saturday night and said, hey, Steve and Stefan, let's settle this on the Gray Street Pod. Didn't hear back. Uh, still <laughs> waiting on a call from them, but yeah. you know, we'll see. Soon we'll have the you know Rumble in the Jungle part part three or whatever on Gray Street Pod oh between God. Steve and Stefan. It'll be awesome. Um, Lassard yes. v Lily White, twenty twenty. Let's do it. <laughs> that would be absolutely fantastic. But uh, that was it. Was just a wild time. It's still a wild time on Twitter for Stefan. So go follow him if you're not. And um, speaking of all that, Nolan, it's about time for us to get out of here. And you can tell everyone where they can follow us. We are at Gray Street Pod on Twitter and Instagram, the Corner of Gray Street Podcast uh, Facebook page. So, yeah, hit us up. Um, we're very active on there, especially now with uh, not as much going on, being uh, cooped up at home. But, uh, yeah, we love it when you guys and girls interact with us. So keep it coming. Absolutely. We really, really enjoy that and appreciate it. And um, if you guys can, leave us a uh, nice comment and a five-star review on uh, iTunes as well. We always appreciate those. So, um, yeah, we just please, please, please continue all of the great stuff that you guys do for us. It's just been amazing. And speaking of amazing, we're going to have something pretty amazing for you guys um, the episode after this so stay tuned everyone I know we've been teasing something and Ooh. it's coming your way here very soon and you'll find out all about it next time on the corner of Gray Street
I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.